Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, I'm Diana, and I am waiting for Paul to sign in. Paul, where are you? Well, we got to wait for him to sign in. So anyway, um, I'm Diana, and I am with DNP, delivering the truth and exposing the lies. Um, we have had quite a week here. And let me see if I can snag him to sign in so we can get started. Uh, we have an awesome guest tonight, and we're going to talk about those lines in the sky. Um, and if you don't believe me, you might believe me after this show. So I'm just waiting for Paul to call in. Uh, let's see where he is. Well, I guess he just not call in today. Oh, where are you? Anyway, um, so I'm going to do some updates on what's going on. Um, so in New York State, um, in Western New York, uh, the towns have been allowing illegals to come in and stay at the hotels. And from what I understand, um, the people that own these hotels are making mucho bucks, like $200 a night per guest. Um, I guess I should have owned hotels and allowed them to stay in mine. So I'm still waiting, and I'm not seeing Paul. I don't know what's going on with him. He's not on the switchboard. Oh, my gosh. I guess I'll be doing all this myself tonight, which is fine. Maybe he's right there. Are you there, silly boy? Can you hear me? Hello? Can anybody hear me? I'm like, you weren't on the switchboard. You weren't showing up on the switchboard, and now you are. Uh, you know, we've had some oh, major yeah. technical difficulties, I guess, with the website this week. That's what... um you know, our, our group chat was reflecting. There's just been some difficulties. And and it was interesting um, that he brought that up. Uh, Proof Negative brought that up, uh, which is the show after ours. And he was saying when he was talking about these fires in Hawaii, that all of a sudden our switchboard and the platform, which, you know, has a ton of other shows on it, um, has started going wonky. So you got to wonder. Because he's been really speaking the truth about what could be really going on with these uh, Hawaii fires. So what do you think about that? I'm talking about the Hawaii fires. The Hawaii fires or their impact upon our radio show? Uh, <laughs> two different I mean, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> when you look at yeah, the topic, I, I mean, it's kind of going back to the election, right? Um, I had a group that had 30,000 people in it. And when we started posting this stuff about election fraud, uh, within weeks, it, within days, it started getting censored. But within weeks, the group was gone when we started talking about it. So it's just kind of interesting how Proof Negative has been really hammering the stuff about the Hawaii fires being planned, planted, started on purpose. And all of a sudden, our platform, which is supposed to be uncensored, is having these major issues. 
it could be a coincidence or it could be part of um you know could be part of some kind of retaliation or or or, or covert censorship when we all read the um the the uh congressional reports about the investigation of russian uh meddling in the 2016 presidential election uh, i recall yeah. from that that not only were the united I mean, the united states interferes with with every election uh all over the world including the united states own elections of course uh, and people from foreign countries attempt to interfere and influence United States elections, including and other countries' elections all over the world. It's just it's just normal. It's part of the, the way things are done. Uh, and, and the report and people can look it up. It's public information. A great website for stuff like that, by the way, is Black Vault. So like Bank Vault and the color black. BlackVault.com. Uh, it's a great place to go find declassified documents. Obviously, you can go to uh, you can search through the uh, the .gov too and find uh, the old reports and things. But yeah, and so the United States would would lie about other people's elections and they would try to do things. So there were people on social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, I recall, and they had the specific accounts and what they were doing, what they were saying. Of course, now we're seeing the um, former Twitter, I guess current potentially current Twitter people. Uh, and Facebook people, uh, employees, that is, uh, just, you know, sort of telling the truth about, yes, we suppressed this. Yes, we were asked to suppress it. We, you know, so, so yes, I mean, the answer is it could be true. It could just be a coincidence. I don't know. And in terms of what's going on in Hawaii, is that whole thing a setup? Is the whole thing a, um, well, an attempt to sort of lower the land value to sort of swoop in and pick it up? I don't know. The answer is I don't have enough information to really make a um, a conclusion. It is interesting. Well, some of the stuff that I've been seeing, um, you know, that this was planned and that Hawaii, um, uh, you know, they <laughs> some of the stuff that I've seen, I mean, they're talking about possibly direct energy weapons um, that were, uh, you know, starting this, um, that they wanted to make this particular island into one big 15-minute city. Uh, and, you know, I can't put anything past these central bank, uh, you know, elites that that basically run us anymore. You know, you, you really can't. And I, I was just trying to find um, what I was reading earlier about it, that they were at a summit back in January of 2023 about that exact island. And, you know, I guess the Hawaii governor said that the state is looking, he basically said that he's looking to acquire land, you know, that was destroyed in the fires. So, you know, I don't know, are they going to try to rebuild this into something that, you know, we're not going to like? And it's hard to know because they're so, and we talked about this last week, there are so many fires going on. I mean, in Pensacola right now, there's a large fire at a, a, a recycling plant. You know, they're all over the place. It, it's not normal. And I, I feel that anybody that doesn't question this, uh, there's a problem because there's never been this many fires. You can't tell me that all these fires are being created by somebody that's dropping a cigarette. No. No. So... I mean, even in the Spanish islands, there's there's huge fires going on. So it's call me a conspiracy theorist, but um, I'm not. 
that any longer. So it could be true. It's right to question everything. It is definitely right to question any everything. I don't have any evidence or statistics, historical data on uh, on you know the amount of fires or, or in what kind of settings. Like for example, that we would expect one would expect uh, industrial facilities to be more at risk, like especially places where they're like forging steel and things, to be more at risk of of, of having fires than say um, I don't know a, res- a residence someplace. Um, right. or, you know, there are certain things you would to be more. I, I don't know the statistics. So the answer is I don't know. It's right to question everything. And what are they doing in Hawaii? Like, let's see what they do. I mean, I don't know if what they're going to do is bad, um, unless they do it. But you mentioned the Rothschilds and their uh, their underhandedness. There's a, there's a story about them that has come well hundreds of years ago, so it's had time to come out. Uh, but during the Napoleonic Wars. In Europe, mm-hmm. the Rothschilds, story short, the Rothschilds got word uh, a day ahead of everybody else that Napoleon had been defeated and, and, his, and his forces had been defeated. And uh, mm-hmm. the Rothschilds had some money on, uh, on the other outcome, uh, had some investments in it. And so one of the Rothschilds took his seat on the London Stock Exchange. He sort of like, he just sort of trudged his, he just put on an app. Right, he sort of trudged his feet as he walked in, and he sort of made a show of it. And he kind of went to his, you know, chair up, up at the uh, on the exchange, and he's kind of slouched in it, sort of real morose looking, and uh, and sullen. And people just started whispering, like, "Oh my God, oh my God, what's happening? He, he must know. He must know something. He knows." And then he start, and he starts selling some. He starts selling off uh, his stuff. He starts having a sell off. And people, and the word goes around, like, oh, my God, the Rothschild, no, Napoleon won, Napoleon won, oh, my God, oh, my God. And so it, it triggers this huge, huge stock uh, trade to lower the price, and then right as the price is driven into the ground, he swoops in and buys all of it up. And the next day, everybody else found out that Napoleon had lost, and the, sh- the value of the shares, I mean, was, was you know, thousands of times, thousands of what he paid for them, and, you know, overnight they made it. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised, but for me, I I don't know. I need to know what happens before I decide. Before I, you know, I need to see somebody do something illegal before I I, I try to convict them of a crime. Um, but it's definitely worth watching. Definitely worth watching. I, I would certainly say that. Yeah, yeah. So moving on from there, uh, Wells Fargo's closing another thirty-seven branches um, in the U.S. So there's you know obviously we have some money value going on devaluation but you know we're talking about now banks closing and you know is that going to accelerate you know the transition to like automated banking and in digital currency it could it could be it also just could be because they're attempting to sort of ward off um well they're trying to protect themselves and look at what just happened look at the high inflation they're not giving out as many loans loans are not as profitable there are not as many people who can. I, I know somebody who actually uh, is re- rather active in loan brokering uh, for people in various states in, in the United States, and he, he was he was just complaining to me yesterday that you know God, you know, he's complaining that all these deals that he wanted to to you know see happen uh, are not happening because banks aren't financing them because the rates are higher and therefore it's more difficult to qualify for loans, uh, particularly yeah. for businesses. But it's not, I mean, it, it could, they're definitely trying to push people into the direction of 
uh, everything will be easily traceable and everything comes from a machine. And if we get mad at you, we'll just say the machines don't work anymore. That, that definitely is going on. But is that specifically those branch closings due to that? I mean, or is it just temporary because of what's happening? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. With the interest rate in the lending environment. It could be one, it could be the other. But the, the overall thrust in that direction is definitely clear. Um, and, and frankly, a lot of people, including me, like I'm part of it. I have cash. I use cash. But I also use a plastic card. I, I like getting paid. You know, I like getting 2% off my bill, maybe, 2% cash back or 1% or 5% or whatever they have going on. Like I like I'm, I'm doing it. You know, they're sort of buying me that way. And I'm complicit in it to some degree myself. Um, but it, I just don't know that those closings are necessarily uh, a part of that. Do you? Yeah. Right. But, you know, even as you go into more stores nowadays, um, there's a lot more self-checkout. There's a lot more where no cash is accepted at this register, you know, credit debit only. Um, so, I mean, even Aldi, even Aldi's is, you know, have gotten rid of more than, in some areas, not all, but have gotten rid of some more of their cash registers, uh, you know, people cash registers, and putting in, automated or do-it-yourself or uh, cash registers. So, on that same subject, on that same subject of, of replacing um, cashiers and, you know, hand-to-hand exchange of, of cash with these machines that don't accept cash, sometimes don't accept cash, uh, do you think, uh, so there's this, this push in the communist-run states to not, to not penalize shoplifting, to basically have the government violate the Fifth Amendment, the takings clause of the Fifth Amendment of the Constitution, and more like commandeer the private property of these business owners and state that the citizen may have, uh, that is the citizens who, would, who don't own the business, who did not pay for the merchandise, uh, to go uh-huh. in and take away from the citizen who does own the business. People uh, who are in the – and I hear people, like, in real, uh, on the street and at the supermarket in real life telling me, like, oh, I like to self-checkout because I can be easier to steal. Do you think, mm-hmm. or that, as I do, that that kind of a, uh, an idea sort of goes hand in hand? They're trying to sort of uh, get people to willingly accept it at first. Like, hey, you know, go to self-checkout. You can rip off, you know, you get 10% off your bill by stealing, by just not scanning it. Uh, or things like that. Do you suspect just the same way, like, hey, with it, use your credit card. They'll give you 2% cash back, 5% off, 5% cash back. It's just like getting money off your bill. In the same way, yeah. do you suspect it's a similar attempt at incentivization, uh, incentivizing people to uh, to sort of accept this willingly, gladly accept it, and then later maybe turn around and say, ooh, we're sorry we did that? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I know someone that is the head of loss prevention for one of, you know, one of the largest grocery stores in the country. And he says that, you know, the rise in theft from the self-checkouts and the rise in theft, especially after COVID, has, it's just been, you know, astronomical as far as numbers, you know, as far as their, you know, the loss that they're taking. So, I don't know, it's hard to say. Mm-hmm. So, I, Russ is calling any minute because um, we, you know, the technical nonsense that we had there uh 42 minutes we have left so as soon as he calls in we're going to bring him on in the meantime uh what else is going on down in your area i know here we're having uh some problems with uh, 
People are calling them migrants. I'm sorry, they are illegals that are getting everything for free here in New York State and, um, you know, created by design, by design. And, you know, there were two rapes already in this area. Um, and, uh, you know, people are starting to get pretty ticked. So um, more to come on that. But Russ is, Russ is on the switchboard, so I'm going to unmute him um, so that he could tell us a little bit about what he does. And we're talking about the lines in the sky. And uh, <laughs> this was another conspiracy theorist that my girlfriend, Catherine, who I mention every week, um, is heavily into. And when she first started telling me about this, I was like, um, okay, you know, okay. But then I realized it was like, okay, I used to be a flight attendant, and I never remember this stuff coming out of the back of an airplane. So uh, we're going to bring Russ on, and he's going to talk about this. And uh, I suggest that if you're listening, that you listen harder, because um, he's been on our show before. It was a while ago, and um, I'm telling you, this guy's a wealth of information. So, uh, Russ, are you with us? I'm here. Can you hear me all right? Oh, we can hear you. Uh, just a reminder that uh, it is a live radio show, so there is a slight delay uh, when you're speaking. So um, I want to introduce my new co-host, Paul, who will actually let you get a word in edgewise. Right, Paul? I do. I promise I go, hello, Russ. Pleasure to have you on the show, and I'm glad to uh, make your appointment. Thank you. Thank Thanks you. So Great much. to be here. We're, we're going to kind of forego the commercial because um, we, ha- we have only about 40 minutes left in the show today. So we're going to do just a quick one um, in a little while, but we're not going to do the whole standard commercial stuff today. I want you to explain um, to our listeners, and there's a lot of them tonight, because um, I know there's a lot of interest in this. And even if people don't believe in this, um, I think that, you know, they kind of know that something is going on. Like, my skies didn't look like this when I was a kid. So explain to us a little bit about how you got involved in this, and then um, you know, what is a chemtrail? Sure, absolutely. Before we begin, do, does my audio sound okay? I'm using my high-quality mic, but I was having buzzed with it earlier. Is it okay, or are you getting noise? Perfect. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds real good. Sounds good. Good. good to hear. What is a chemtrail? Uh, chemtrail stands for chemical trail. Basically, it's a uh, the slang name for the lines you see coming out of jets in the sky. Uh, it is a phenomenon that began across the United States between 1995 and 2005. It did happen in certain isolated areas before that, but in that 10-year period, it really went mainstream. And there are some very sensitive people who have a sensitive sense of taste and smell, which has to do with uh, cortisol levels. That's another. That's another subject, but high cortisol can make people have heightened senses of smell, uh, sometimes freakishly so. And uh, myself and a lot of other people I've met online do smell and taste the fallout after they spray and have kept Mm -hmm. track of what the patterns are. So that's what a chemtrail is. It's the the lines you see in the sky coming out of the jets. And it's really interesting to say the smell and the taste because Someone mentioned to me the other day that when it rains, you used to have that, like, ozone earthy, wormy type of smell, and we didn't have that. And I'm in a group chat um, of a bunch of people, and, you know, 
somebody mentioned today when I was mentioning the show that she said, I can literally taste it. And I think you have to, you know, it, it, it takes being a little bit more in tune to your body and a little bit more uh, maybe advanced in, you know, health, nutrition, or, you know, whatever, but to actually notice that, but to pay attention. And, yeah, I mean, for me, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely do smell and taste it. It's not something I'm reaching for, and I've met people and had conversations with uh, people, and I've met a lot of online it's not. It's not just. Uh, it's not just something that we reach for. It is overwhelming to me. In fact, the last four. We've had four plumes. Four plumes in the last four hours. Right on one-hour intervals, and they are so bad. I have to cover my nose and my mouth. It tastes unbearable. And I. Mm-hmm. I'm, and it's. And it's. It's hard to say this to some people I know who don't experience the same phenomenon. I get that it's hard to really believe it, but it's really true. And those people out there who, who can smell and taste it can definitely attest to it. It's it's overwhelming and it's horrible, horrible odors and tastes, and yeah. symptoms that go along with it. All the health symptoms, and I see people around me have health symptoms when we get that taste and that. Even though they don't smell or taste it, I've been seen seen people for a long time who have that uh, who experience symptoms from it, even though they can't smell or taste it. Yeah. Oh. Uh- by far, I mean, when they do a heavy spray, it was a beautiful day. There was nothing in the sky, real fast. And, you know, I'll have people that will say to me, well, you know, it's just contrails, just the condensation, you know. And I'm thinking, okay, so today's a totally clear day with no cloud, with you know, big puffy clouds. Did they just ground all the airplanes for the day? You know, there are no airplanes. But then when you look up on a day like today when they were spraying really heavy, now it's a complete white, milky overcast. Uh, there's there's no denying that, that, that they're not normal. And, 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 I, and I've said this. I used to be a flight attendant. None of that crap comes out of the back of an airplane. It doesn't. Yeah. I've been a sky watcher all my life, which is why I named my website and my uh, Facebook group that originally had, uh, we eventually got 192,000 people from every country in it, and then Facebook shut it down. But I named it Global Skywatch because I'm a sky watcher. I've always been fascinated with the sky. I always wanted to fly when I was a kid. I wanted to be the first man on Mars. That was my dream when I was a little child. Uh, you know, that was my thing. I was watching the sky. There were no trails in the sky. And I know there's newscasters. They're, they're actually revising history now, trying to convince the public that the, the Guy was so full of trails. And when they lie, they go way overboard. But that's the way they mm-hmm. convince the public because the public thinks they wouldn't go that far. They have news articles that, are, that have been fake, that are lying, even video, because they can fake video uh, in mm-hmm. amazingly for quite some time, saying that the sky has been absolutely covered. You know, in the 60s and 70s, it was, it was covered so much that they had to pass legislation to, you know, uh, 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 have devices created, uh, installed on the engines that would stop the trail. This is not true. This is fabrication. This didn't happen. They're making this up to cover up what I believe is the largest crime against humanity that's ever been levied against people. Uh, it's yeah, really that I, simple. It, 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 it wasn't even COVID. That was one of them, but it wasn't COVID. It, it, it is this. And, you know, 
if there's one thing that I could change, it would not be COVID, it would not be vaccine requirements, which I'm huge into, you know, non-vaccinating. But it would be this, you know, because I feel like, you know, people are so stuck in the homes all day long, they don't look up and see, you know, what's really going on. But airplanes do not fly straight up in the air. They don't. Unless you're in the Air Force, they don't. You don't see that on a regular basis. You don't see airplanes that are making crosses in the sky. It doesn't happen. Not normal commercial airplanes. Yeah. I mean, hey, Russ, uh, there... go ahead. Go ahead and answer the question, Russ. Then I'll, I'll ask you the next question. Oh, okay. No, I was just going to say that, you know, they have, they have told so many lies because they use, they change their lies as they go along. You know, they and I've been through it all because we had all kinds of uh, – fake Facebook accounts that were pretending to be pilots that would come into our group and just start lying. And this is what they've done. They create, and now it's all coming out. I'm so glad for the last 10 years I've been telling people this, and now it's all coming out that there's, there's hundreds or tens, hundreds of thousands of face, fake Facebook accounts uh, used to sway the public. But these pilots would come on and, and, and say that, uh, uh, you know, that uh, they're a pilot and they know this has always been the way that it's been, and that, that's simply not true. I've had pilots call me personally, and they will tell me, uh, they thank me for my work. They say, thank you for standing up and telling the truth. I'm a 25-year veteran. One of them was a 25-year veteran. Uh, his, uh, his wife also flew for a, car- for a cargo carrier, and so we've never seen these. We've been flying for 25 years, and this stuff never existed before this happened. had another pilot call yep. me that said essentially the same thing. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, they know. The real pilots who've, who've been up there for a long time know. But, unfortunately, now they're putting it in the uh, air, aircraft uh, mechanics. Now, textbooks have been known to lie in the in public school system. But what a lot of people don't know is they also lie to other trades, trades as well. So aircraft mechanics have now been taught for the last, I don't know, 10 years that this is just normal. And this is just part of their, their propaganda campaign. It continues. Yeah. Yeah. Paul, go ahead, because you had a question. Yeah, thank you. So, Russ, and the first question is, are they sending up special planes to spray the chemicals? Are they attaching something new to what I'll call regular planes, you know, commercial and cargo planes? Um, How, or if you don't know, that's fine, too. But based on what you discovered, are, are they specialized planes being sent out just to spray the chemicals? Or is it something that they're sort of integrating into the uh, into every plane? No, I believe that this is. I can tell you what I observe in my area by using a website called FlightRadar24.com. You can actually track commercial flights, and if you find a plane going over your house and it is not trackable, it's not actually shown on that tracking system. That's a military jet. So I do this. I've done this a lot in my area and what i can say about what i've witnessed is that all of the jets that are leaving trail i've only found one exception in all the years but all the jets that i've seen leaving leaving trails are military but they're not only military jets they have no transponders they don't they don't show up on flight radar 24 but they also are of all a, a certain class of airframes in other words they're types of jet that are made by boeing 747s, 737s, and Douglas, uh, like a DC-9, which are all airframes. They're they're types of jets that were made by these commercial companies that were converted to tankers for the military. So it's very interesting Mm -hmm. that the 
the three airframes that we keep seeing over and over and over again that are leaving the trails are, number one, they're military, and number two, they're all airframes that are tankers. So they must be leveraging the fact that they're tankers during the conversion process in order to convert these. Now, because the trails are coming out of the engines, that tells us that they're obviously injecting something in the engines. Now, I think they're doing it a few different ways in different jets. There's different programs going on. It's a little more complicated than some people think because one program has to do with weather and another program has to do with just poisoning the population. And, and I can get into later why we, why we believe that. Um, one mm -hmm. artifact that we see of these trails is you'll see a particular type of trail that, that I call the drippy edge. You can see these where it has little, they start dripping, like big drops coming down. Uh, off the trail, and this is something that's very, very common uh, historically that we've seen ever since this started. What would cause something like that? Well, we know through a whistleblower that these fine particles of aluminum and barium have been loaded onto military jets. This is a big subject you could talk for hours on, so I'm condensing a lot of information into a very small space. So we have these very fine powders of barium and aluminum at least. That's two of the metals that we know, and of course we're seeing that show up everywhere in our water test have been caught being loaded onto military jets, and they were trying to cover it up, which is why this whistleblower came forward. Those types of fine metals would actually be pumped by a type of pump called a diaphragm pump. A diaphragm pump is a type of pump that uses a diaphragm and pulses back and forth that pushes semi-solids. These are called semi-solids through pipes, and they can be used to push very fine metals. This is the artifact that we're seeing in this particular type of chemtrail when we see these little drippy edge chemtrails with these, this, uh, this drop phenomenon. You can see that these are at regular intervals. And so you could, if you wanted to do the math, actually calculate how fast that diaphragm pump was pumping if you knew the speed of the jet and you, had it, and you could uh, see how far apart those those artifacts, those drippy edge things are coming out. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot to this, but that's, you know, that's kind of the tip of the iceberg right there. Thanks. I'm going to ask you one more question before I throw it over to Diana again, uh, Russ. And first I'll mention I'm on your website now, Russ Tanner. People out there can go to R-U-S-S-T-A-N-N-E-R, RussTanner.com and learn all kinds of stuff. He's got tons of stuff on here. Very cool. You could be lost in there for hours, which is great. It's a great kind of site to have, and he has a lot of great information, which is wonderful. Uh, before I ask you the question of what can people, what would you recommend, if anything, that somebody might do uh, when they see something like that? Like, in other words, if there's, you know, if they see this and there's chemicals and it's bad, like what can they do about it? Is there something they can eat? Is there something they can you know, put on or to stay inside or whatever it is. I just want to real briefly mention there's an article I found uh, by Dr. Marija McCain uh, from a Lanny Messenger from healthfreedom.info. And they're doing this interview, interview about chemtrails, and they mention that they're, uh, they never spray in the area of West Texas where the Bush family farm is, ever. The person is very emphatic about that. So that's another thing, another reason or another um, indication that we might see this is clear, another piece of evidence, that this is plotted 
It's plotted by a group of people, the Bushes, uh, the Bush dynasty. If you don't know about them out there, you can spend a lot of time on that. I don't want to take Russ's time away on that. They're very powerful. I mean, two, they've had two, two of them have been presidents. Uh, Poppy Bush ran the CIA for 20 years, may or may not have assassinated Jack Kennedy personally. Uh, and so they never spray the Bush farm. I found that very interesting. I think people should know that. Uh, Russ, what, if anything, would you recommend that people might do to take sort of a countermeasure if they notice these chemtrails over their home? Well, yeah, there's a lot of things you can do, and you brought up about them not spraying near some people who are uh, protected individuals, we'll say. Um, I, we've also noticed the same thing. I've had a lot of reports where when they have the G20 meetings or they have meetings where large numbers of these uh, so-called elites actually will gather in a certain location, you'll see the artifact where the, the trails would just go away during the time of the meeting and even a couple days before, and then when the meeting's over, a few days later, all the trails start up again. So that's a, that's a well-known phenomenon. So how do you protect yourself? The first thing a lot of people think about is you get an air purifier in your house and you can purify the air. The problem with that, and I've done extensive testing with this myself because I was desperate in the beginning to get rid of these things in my house. I actually built my own water-based, water mist-based air purifiers because I found out something very interesting, is that your typical HEPA filter and I learned this very on. Your typical HEPA filter will not remove this stuff from the air. There's only one type that began being sprayed in the last few months that I call the burnt electronics type. That type does get removed by HEPA filters. But from the beginning of my experience, from 2005 onward, when I've tried all these different water purifiers, uh, they do not work with HEPA filters. And the reason is because these particulates are simply too small. And, of course, uh, again, if we had more time, we could explain why did they make them so small. It was a very smart idea to try to fool the public, um, but that's a whole other story. So air purifiers don't work. The thing that I use that works tremendously well for me, better than anything else, of course, detoxing your body, which is something I'm very much into, can definitely help you in the long run. But the immediate thing that I do is I use what I call a wet mask. And I came up with this idea a long time ago because I found out that when you would have, uh, when you, I was in the shower, the air intensity would be less. And so I kind of gathered that the air particulates were pulling, being pulled out of the air, kind of chelated out by the water droplets. So what mm -hmm. I do is I take a painter's mask from Home Depot, put it over my face, and between my face and the painter's mask, I take a washcloth that has to be a very uh, thinly, uh, very coarsely, um, uh, woven washcloth, and I put it over, I wet it, and then I put peppermint oil on it, and I, you just use a little bit because a little goes a long way, and then I put it over my face, and I breathe through that. And depending on the chemtrail type, and I have this in write-ups because I've done write-ups on every type that I've ever detected and how well they're removed by the wet mask and what kind of symptoms they cause and all kinds of information, this thing I call a wet mask uh, does a pretty good job of taking most of this stuff out of the air uh, when it, I mean, it, it, before it gets in uh, to your mouth. It doesn't remove all of it, but you got to kind of tweak it a little bit. If it's too wet, you can't breathe through it. If it's too dry, it doesn't do a good job of removing. You have to get it right in the middle. And I found that the peppermint oil, and again, we could talk for a long time on this, the reason I chose an oil, an essential oil, is because uh, a whistleblower a long time ago talked about how they were uh, distributing exotic metals, and when they uh, distributed those metals, they used a carrier, a petroleum-based car carrier. 
And so I said, well, and I experimented with different things. I experimented with sulfur. I experimented with chlorella masks. I experimented with different types of masks and found that basically a water-based mask with peppermint is, uh, performs as well as any of them. And, and so I said, well, since it's an oil-based carrier in a lot of these metals, and again, there's multiple things going on, so it's not one size fits all, but this works really well for me. I thought, well, let's use an oil on the mask to help remove the carrier oil that's coming in from the chemtrails and, and uh, that you're breathing. And that works very well for me. It removes anywhere from 50 to, I say, 90, depending on the type of chemtrail, 50 to 90% of the trail and uh, gets removed when I breathe it. Other than detox, that's the only thing I have found that's really effective at uh, uh, to help in any way, really. There's really nothing else that I know to do because the particulates are just too small. They're everywhere. Yeah, and, you know, and mentioning detox, and, you know, I've been into detoxing and heavy detoxing for years, um, and... You know, when we're talking about heavy metals, especially something like aluminum, and we're looking at the rise of Alzheimer's. You know, Alzheimer's used to be, you know, it, 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 people didn't know, you know, 40 years ago. It's a freak thing for somebody to do. Now, I mean, the rates of Alzheimer's are so high um, in dementia. And, you know, we put this aluminum, we put this mercury in vaccines. Not only do we do that, but they're spraying it on us, Right. So, um, you know, and obviously the aluminum crust is a blood-brain barrier, so it's getting into the tissues of your brain. So, um, I, you know, I wish people would make that connection, but, you know, I know that, you know, the, the product that, um, that I use, and it's, it's a zeolite, and it's, it, it's not a synthetic zeolite. It's, it's, it's not made in a lab, um, and it crosses the blood-brain barrier to help remove and chelate out even these heavy metals. Now, it's not an end-all, be-all cure, but I have had clients that have used it and have had fantastic results with it. And um, you can get that on hopehealth.thegoodinside.com. And that's that's always, um, I'll be sure that I post that on our Facebook page too, Um, hopehealth.thegoodinside.com. Yeah, it's People, I wish people could make the heavy metal connection, you know, even when it comes to things like ADHD and, and uh, you know, joint pain. You know, I know when they spray really heavy that, you know, I have some autoimmune issues, and the next day after they do a heavy spraying, I mean, I feel it. I know it. Yeah, no question at all. I mean, I, I was mercury poisoned by my amalgam fillings. I'm very familiar with what mercury poisoning does and how it feels. And uh, back in, uh, right at the beginning, right after they started spraying us, I would tell my business partner, I said, there's mercury in this. The symptom set, everything, every symptom about this matches mercury. It's not the only thing, but mercury was one of the components. It was, I believe, uh 14, not 14, 7, 8, I don't know, something over 10 years later, Dr. Marvin Herndon came out with a study. Actually, it was 14 years, I believe. He came out with a study, and I felt so vindicated because I had been telling people that I'm quite sure that this stuff contains mercury. And, of course, I did a, uh air test, a dust test with an air purifier and tested the dust that was collected in the air purifier and found mercury in there. 
that was just another vindication. But anyway, Dr. Marvin Herndon did a test and published a paper, he's a geophysicist, uh, showing that mercury, mercury was indeed in the air uh, in large amounts, and it shouldn't be there. And mercury causes uh, uh, about 200 of the most uh, common diseases today. So I knew way back then, uh, I, I didn't know empirically, I wasn't saying I know, but I just said, well, this, using common sense, this is a perfect symptom set for mercury. So, and that's the favorite, the globalists love mercury. And in fact, the funny thing is that some people would look at me and say, well, why, why are you trying to associate, associate all of the modern diseases with mercury? What's up with that? And I say, you're looking at it backwards. The reason we have the particular set of diseases that we have today is because so many people have been exposed to mercury. The globalists pushed it with cigarettes even. A lot of people don't know about cigarettes. Uh, the tobacco plants are sprayed with fungicide, which, can t which is mercury-based. So we actually yeah. got a $15,000 mercury vapor meter and measured a huge, huge amount of mercury in exhaled cigarette smoke, um, not to mention CFL light bulbs, not to mention amalgam fillings, and, of course, vaccines and all the rest of things that they they love mercury. Mercury has been their poison of choice. Not their only poison of choice, but it is their number one poison of choice. Yeah. And, and you know, the thing is, is if you're smoking cigarettes, you really don't, shouldn't care about the chemtrails because you're just stupid. So <laughs> I just say, if you're smoking cigarettes, you don't need to worry about chemicals in the air because, you know, you're filling yourself with them. So enjoy while you have time to. Well, there's, right, there's something to it. You know, if you look back historically in, the, in, in Hollywood in the 50s and 60s and 70s, find a movie where most of the actors weren't smoking cigarettes. It's hard to do. They were putting this in front of everybody. They were making it a, a social symbol. And now, later, when I found out about the mercury in cigarettes, I was like, okay, this is probably why they did it, because they knew it was intoxicating people. And they say, well, cigarettes cause cancer. Well, specifically, mercury is a mutagen. Mercury specifically causes cancer. So now we know at least one of the active ingredients that was doing this all these years, besides all yeah. the other problems that cause it. But we all know if Hollywood's doing it, that it must be okay. <laughs> I'm being sarcastic there, by the way. Just like, so. <laughs> of course, and, they, and that's how they do it. They put it in front of the population, they, and they made it cool. All the bad boys yeah. smoked, right? And mm, yeah. then they accomplished their task by making everybody, uh, everybody mercury toxic through not only that, but vaccines and other things. But the cigarettes were one of the big vectors of uh, intoxication. Okay, yeah. So uh, to switch gears just a little bit, um, what? So tell us about what you know. Like, who is actually doing this? Are we talking about like is this part of the cabal, central bank? You know, depopulate the world plan, or you know, give us a little bit of insight on what you know of, like who's doing this, and you know, and why. Well, the the, the way that we come up with the answer to that question is basically reverse engineering. First of all, I'll start with the easy part, is that there's a particular chemtrail type, which I call the barium type, which has a particular metallic taste to it that is very unique. And I know these tastes very well. I can tell you what type's in the air. I could give you a rundown of exactly what's in the air right now as I sit here. Fortunately, it's not terrible, but boy, was it, has it been terrible earlier today. 
the barium type is sprayed about 12, anywhere from 6 to 12 hours before incoming storms, and this is the way it has been for a long time, for over a decade. So whenever a storm mm -hmm. is coming in and they start spraying the barium type, you can watch radar, go on radar, and within 90 to 120 minutes, you'll see the entire storm front just vaporizes, go away. I've watched this for many years, watched them do this. So I know that the barium type, I don't have to look at radar to know that a front is coming in. When I start tasting the barium type, I know we got rain coming. But that rain won't last long because they vaporize it. So I believe weather control is a big part of it. And this is what we saw them doing off the coast of California. They created the California droughts because they're trying to destroy this nation. This is part of their plan. This is the globalist plan. The insiders from the deepest parts of the inside have told us this for decades. This is the plan. And there's a very specific reason why they want to do this. So this is part of it. They would spray off the coast of California. They would create a drought in California because they want to destroy agriculture. By spraying, they are doing what's called hypernucleating. That makes the air have too many particles for any particular particles to coagulate and fall to the ground. Therefore, that moisture would be carried to the central United States, to the Midwest, and it would dump all its rain there. So you ended up having drought in California and floods in the Midwest. So mm -hmm. the barium type is weather control clearly to me. I've watched them do it. And also we know that barium, certain barium salts have been associated with weather control historically. So I called it the barium type. I don't know if it's really barium because uh, I have no way to specifically test a particular type that's in the soup of the air at any particular time. But I call it the barium type because I suspect it might be, and it certainly does taste very metallic. Metallic flavors have a certain taste. Now onto the more interesting thing is obviously they are depopulating and if you know the inside plan, I've studied this. I've got into this in the mid-'80s is when I started getting fascinated by all this. We know that the mm -hmm. plan is to destroy the United States and bring all the nations into under one umbrella power system, which everybody knows is called the New World Order. But in order to do that, they have to create catastrophes. And what they want to do besides depopulating, depopulating is part of it, which, which this is very effective at, uh, poisoning the population is a very effective way to depopulate. What The one big business that's been growing for years are hospitals. You watch hospitals go up everywhere. I watch them build hospitals down in where my, where my mother lives in Florida. She lived in Florida. Uh, they built two hospitals in the last 10 years, big hospitals. It's, it's amazing how hospitals go up while all the rest of the businesses are dying. So you're poisoning mm -hmm. the population. Eventually you destroy the United States. And by destroy it, I mean bring it down to a third world status country. This is not what I want to see happen. I'm not happy about this at all, which is part of the reason why I go out and do these uh, interviews and such. But the reason they want to do this is because America is known, especially the United States, as the country that had freedom, and by that freedom they became the most prosperous in the world, in, in history, historically. And so people associate freedom with prosperity, which they should, because when people are free to conduct commerce and make their own decisions, they become prosperous over time, at least overall as a group, and many individually as well. What they mm -hmm. want to do is destroy the United States, bring it to a third world nation status, and then they're going to use the United States as a cautionary tale to say, see what happens when you give people too much freedom. They can't handle it, 
and the nation implodes because they just have too much spending and they do too many bad things and they're not responsible with their freedom. Therefore, we must have an elite group of smart people that govern the world. That's the only answer for the world. Now, this is not me coming to this conclusion. This comes directly from writings that have been brought out or whistleblowers who have told their stories from the inside over the past, uh, since the mid-'80s when I started uh, doing my research and reading all about all of this stuff that's going on. So by spraying, destroying agriculture in the United States, runaway spending, these are the globalists do this because the globalists, even Biden in the White House right now, is a self-proclaimed globalist. There's two speeches that he gave uh, over the years where he said the most important thing we have before us is to create a new world order. Anybody yep. that is in government that says that that is an important goal is anti-American. Globalism is anti-nationalism. It's against the nation's own sovereignty. It is against the best interest of the United States. So, therefore, these globalists are doing the runaway spending. They're destroying by polluting the whole world. They are causing terrorism, as we know. That's another whole show. They are doing all of these horrible things, and then they're going to blame it on freedom. Yet they are the ones doing it. They are the ones causing all of the very problems they're going to blame on the people, not going to, they're doing it right now. And then when they blame freedom, then they will say to the world, we need a central government that is run by really smart people or even AI-assisted technology in order to make the world's decisions. The centralization of power benefits nobody except those who are the small group of people in power. They want to sequester that power for themselves, and that's what this is all about. In the spring, which I believe there's no other logical explanation except depopulation, the spring is for the purpose of depopulating the United States to bring disaster on and then the other countries because they're doing it in most countries in order to create global catastrophes so that they can bring in global government. So it's all part of the big plan. There's a 10,000-foot overview, but that's, that's based on my research and the whistleblowers that I've listened to over the years. That is what is happening. Yeah, that's I, exactly I agree 100%. Yeah, and if I could just say this. Yeah, thanks. So this, this axiom of let no, this, this presently politically profitable axiom of let, uh, let no crisis go to waste, of course, lends itself to let no election go by without a crisis. And it's, it's exactly what Russ just said. They're manufact, manufactured crises so they can manufacture a solution. My, I'm working on my next project. It's called Socialism, the Gift that Keeps on Taking, and which, which basically is, is Russ said some of that right there is, is the focus of what I'm doing now. These things that are allegedly benefiting the masses, like monopolized medicine, they call it socialized medicine, just monopoly in medicine. Uh, it doesn't help the masses at all. It doesn't help the medical people, monopolized farming like the New Deal program. It just creates a cabal of a handful of large farmers at the expense of everybody else. It doesn't help the farmers as a group. It helps those five farmers, and everybody else is out. The only people that benefit are the group in power wanting to retain power. And a consistent pattern all over the world, century after century, millennia after millennia, is the handful of people in power, whether it's a monarchy, or uh, some other kind of government, always trades class A's freedoms to class C 
in an attempt to quell Class B and so forth and keep themselves in power. That's exactly what keeps happening, and it's over and over again. It's absolutely right on. The pages of history for at least 4,000 years dictate no other conclusion. Uh, Russ is absolutely right on. People can check me out. My website PaulDayton.us, where I have articles about that topic and others. We can talk about how centralization uh, destroyed the economy of Cuba, or communism, socialism, whatever you want to call it, took it from a, the leading economy of those islands to only doing a third of the GDP of Puerto Rico by the year of 2000. Uh, and it's all exactly right on the money, Russ. You're absolutely right. Well, I appreciate and, and, and that. part of the evidence. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I just wanted to pick up on what you were saying about the depopulation, because when you look at their plan, and this hasn't just been going on since the 80s. This this plan is, you know, maybe 100 years old, you know, with their agenda and the agenda 2030, looking at just them trying to push that one world government that you mentioned. And, you know, just some examples that come to my mind are like the social credit system and you know, your carbon footprint and what are you doing? We're going to survey, you know, how much gas you're using in your car and the mandatory vaccines and, you know, the abortion laws, 5G. I mean, I could go on, you know, all night about this, facial recognition. There's so many different things that, you know, lead to this. And you've got to literally, destruction of genders. You know, you, you've got to be to not realize that there's something bigger going on here than just mainstream media. So that's my story. We have about five yeah. minutes left. I'm sorry. If you're already going to answer the question, go ahead, Russ. go Oh, sorry. Answer uh, which question do you want me to answer? I'm sorry. Oh, I didn't. I thought I was no. cutting you off. I was going to ask you a question about – so I was going to ask Russ a question, tying on into what Diane and what we've all been saying, really. Uh, so this thing with the, the yeah, the, the, there is no such thing as a gender, there is no science, there are no facts, there is no reality, there is no evidence, there is no history. Uh, you have no idea, about, by the way, how many people I meet in real life who, like, if it, if it happened more than five minutes ago, they'll do anything they can to disqualify it. And I say to them, I say, listen, these things you're, t- you're discussing are not like abject theories that only exist on paper and have never been tried. They've been tried in real life with real people and real money. Over and over and over and over again. We have mountains of evidence. It's not just an opinion matter. It's a matter of fact. And they'll do anything they can to evade the evidence. But when you come to this thing, so they're pushing this idea of we'll take people and we'll destroy their genitals. So they'll, I mean, whether it's a man who wants to tell people he's a woman and they, cut, you know, they take away his genitals, or a woman who wants to tell people I identify as a man and they take away, they scoop out her, her organs and things. I mean, it, this seems to me to be right on board with the whole depopulate. I mean, you cannot, such a person can, such people cannot reproduce. I mean, you're basically neutering and spaded. Bob Barker on this stupid game show called The Price is Right for a long time used to say, at the end of every show, I used to watch it when I was 10 years old, spade and neuter your pet. And this is basically spade and neuter your child. Yeah, this whole thing. Do you suspect, Russ, that this is all just part of, well, I mean, I think it's what we're saying. Does it, does it not seem as all just part of one big plan to sterilize, uh, depopulation, sterilize, prevent people who are not in that little, uh, that little club from, from sort of growing in numbers? I mean, do you think that this is, do you suspect this is all interconnected? 
Yeah, there's no question in my mind. It's all interconnected. In fact, the psychology of what they are doing is the biggest part of what they do. And what they have done, because they own and control media, you can't get your stuff published. You can't get your movie put out or distributed unless you toe the line and you have certain messages and certain information within that movie. And what they do is mm-hmm. they have movies like The X-Men or they have movies like all this movie, all these movies and all of this television show always pushes the individual up into some kind of superhero idea in terms of emotionalism. What they are doing is emotionalizing, and this is one of the weaknesses of humans, is they emotionalize human beings, and then they build them up and say, you can have superpowers. Look at the X-Men. Look at Saturday morning cartoons or the TV shows that are being shown. I mean, every other show for young people today is you're either, you know, a vampire or uh, someone who's got superpowers or you're some super-evolved human beings, and there's a couple reasons why they're doing that. But the real irony, and again, every one of these subjects could be their own show, but the real irony is they sound like they're building you up. Hey, you can choose your gender. Isn't that great freedom? You can do this. You can do that. You can be a dog if you want to be. You can, you can claim to be whoever you, and there's a guy doing that, two guys actually that I know of. Uh, you can do all of these things because what you want and what you feel is the center of the universe. But by doing that, it's feels to people who have been emotionalized, to the logical people it doesn't do, but to the, to the emotionalistic people, it feels like they're building you up. The great, tremendous, historic irony in all of this, that they're setting you up to tear you down. They're making mm-hmm. you into something you're not. They're feeding you lies. They're trying to tell you up is down and good is evil and right is wrong, but they're doing this in, in, in a way that makes it feel like they're building you up, but actually... They're emotionalizing you because emotionalized people are the easiest to control and manipulate. And this is why it's so important for people to stay in their heads. This is why people say, follow your heart. I say that's the the worst thing you can do. Follow truth. Follow what is right. Follow what you know is logical. Use your brain. Use common sense. If you put politicians in places of government, they're doing all these things because they're corrupt, but if you put but even a single politician who had uh, some speck of common sense, and I'm not saying they don't, I'm saying they're corrupt, but if you did, they would do orders of magnitude more good than the ones who are corrupt yep. in office. So the great irony mm-hmm. is that all of this, everybody who hears this who sees it, we're going to get cut off. Oh, okay. So, sorry. Uh, yeah, sorry about the short show. You can catch all of our um, iPad or iHeartRadio, uh, Freedomizer Radio, Blog Talk Radio. Once we have this up, I'll be sure that we send it to you. Sorry that we got caught off early tonight, guys. Oh, no worries. No worries. Thank you for being on, Russ, man. Really great to have you. Russ is saying be careful that we gave you this freedom and you chose to cut off your genitals. And so freedom was bad, and he's pointing it out, and I think he's right on. But that's probably part of what they're doing. Thanks for joining us, man. Oh, thank you. I appreciate appreciate what you're doing. Yep. And next week, Bobby Ann Cox um, talking about the quarantine camps in Buffalo. So we will talk soon, and um, I'll be sure that I send the episode to you. Have a good night, you guys. You too. Thank you.